Adams, Adamly, Adamowski, Bueller, Burns, Burns, Burns. with that mic in your hand. It's time for school. Rock school. With your hosts, Dr. Joe Burns. Well, the the only reason I was thinking about the commercial break is because that's how much time I had to get up, go to the restroom, and get back in front of the TV. There was no time. <laughs> I, I Okay, I'll tell it. Hey, give me a snack also while you're at the, at the fridge because I can't a, move. Give me a yogurt. Class is in. This is the Rock School Radio Show on the Rock School Radio Network. My name is Joe Burns. You are... Tammy Burns. I'll bet you remember this. Uh-huh. At night, if you were watching TV at, goodness knows, 12.30, 1 o'clock, 2... Right. The, it used to be that all went off the air. But then you started getting all of these crappy things you could buy. Oh, yeah. Here's the Foster Brooks Comedy Collection. I didn't think Foster Brooks was that funny, but you also bought something. You bought some hotel thing. I did. It was $150, and I laughed at you thinking you just took $150 and burnt it. Right. It got us, what, for $50, I think, at the Roosevelt in New York? Right. Give me a break, so smart move there. (laughs) One that I bought was the DVD collection from the Midnight Special. Did you watch the Midnight Special growing up? I did. Loved it. Wonderful. If you don't know what I'm talking about, it was a television show. that There was like this rash of TV shows that were all late night that you could see rock stars performing. And I just remember the DVDs came on. I watched it. And it was one of those deals where you got like three DVDs up front and then they would send you a new one every month. I got the entire thing, all 21 DVDs. Sweet. This was a while back. I've since given them all away, but this was a while back, and I wanted to do a rock school show because here I've got this DVD. Right. I've got all the music. I could not figure out if legally I could do that. I didn't know if I could legally rip from the DVD and use it. Why not? To, well, because probably different distribution laws and such. And the last thing I wanted to do was give my university's radio station a lawsuit. So when I was muddling around on YouTube, mm-hmm. I saw that the people from the Midnight Special have put them all up on YouTube. Okay. Now they're able to be seen by just the general public, which means it's out in the open, which means it is under the same ASCAP and BMI laws. So now I can play the stuff. Just letting you know that up front in case somebody goes, you can't play that. It came on NBC in the early 1970s, early 80s. That was about an eight-year run produced by Burt Sugarman. (laughs) Started up on April 19th on 1972. Just, I loved it. 
I became a night owl because Saturday Night Live would have the Stones on. Right. And then the, the Midnight Special would be on and the... What is Soul it, the, Train. The old Soul Train, the old gray whistle test. I mean, you could see serious bands. So today we're going to talk about the Midnight Special, about the song that gave it its name and lots of other good stuff. And we're going to play for you because I now can songs from the Midnight Special. Here's a woman that ruled my early life as a young man, especially that album where she is wearing roller skates. Linda Ronstadt from the Midnight Special here on Rock School. Linda Ronstadt from the Midnight Special. That's what we're going to play the entire show today. We've got nothing but uh, stuff from the Midnight Special. What did you say about it? Well, it, it uh, uh, let me give you the order. Okay. So I stayed up yeah. and I watched Saturday Night Live. Right. Then right into Soul Train. Yeah. And now it's, it's late and I'm still up. And it, <laughs> it felt like this was something that uh, was a little dirty because and, uh, it was late, and probably something I should not be seeing. Yeah, I, you, at uh, one o'clock in the morning. You you probably didn't do this. There's a joke on uh, the Family Guy where Meg says, "I'm a girl. I don't like Monty Python." You could see on, and I think it was PBS. Mm-hmm. You could see Monty Python. And the Benny Hill Show. Right. And there was a real good chance you would see a woman take her top off. Yeah. And we would watch it just for that. Now that I hear myself, I really was a horrible, (laughs) horrible teenager. Uh. Well, look, here's what happened. Began its regular series run February 2, 1973. And the last episode was 1981. It was a 90-minute program that followed the Friday night edition of The Tonight Show starring Johnny Carson. The thought process was that, look, kids will stay up to watch rock and roll. Because what you had was the end of The Tonight Show. It was so ridiculously popular that the whole world just shut off the TV at the end of it. Now, you say, wait a minute, Johnny Carson wasn't 90 minutes. Oh, yeah, he was. He really was. But it got to be too much, too many guests, all of that. So they knocked it down to an hour. But for that time, mm-hmm. there was this desert. You couldn't even sell advertising. Right. Why are we still here? Pull the plug. So Bert Sugarman, and we'll tell you about the whole thing, but Bert Sugarman said, look, let's just throw it up there. Let's see what happens. They did it on August 19th, and you say, but wait a minute, Joe, you said... It started on, you know, February 2nd, 1973. Yeah, they did a special one on August 19th in 72 just to see if it would work. And it did. Boom. It's one of those things that once you prove it works, you'll hear no no complaints. There were a bunch of rotating hosts until July 1975 through March 76 when Helen Reddy served as regular host. And I remember, I, I think, 
I think I'm kind of agreeing with you. Helen Reddy would make little off-color comments. Yeah, she did. Yeah. Wolfman Jack was the announcer and frequent guest host. We'll play another one from the Midnight Special. When we get back, we're going to start talking about the song, the Midnight Special, which is itself a really interesting piece of trivia. So here you go. Let's do James Brown from the Midnight Special on Rock School. Everybody feel all right? Yeah! Everybody feel good? Coming out of James Brown, let's talk about the song, The Midnight Special. You remember watching the show. Right. Did you think... Because I did. Mm -hmm. Did you think that the show used Credence Clearwater Revival's version of it? Yes. It did not. It was Johnny Rivers' version. I didn't know that. I mean, until I did this show. Wow. I thought it was CCR's version, but no, it was uh, Johnny Rivers' version. So what is this song all about? Midnight Special started as a folk song said to have originated in southern prisons. The question then is, what exactly is the Midnight Special? If you do some research on the song, there's four or five different things it could be. Here are the two prevailing ones. Midnight Special is either a passenger train that drove by the prison. Remember uh, Johnny Cash's Folsom Prison Blues? Yes. This is the one I seem to think about because of Folsom Prison Blues. He's in jail. That train car goes by. People are eating in fancy cars and such like that. Right. And when they say in the song, it's ever-loving light, that would make sense because it's a train. Yes. And it has lights either at the front or on the sides as it goes by. However, there is also a belief system from one of the first printing of the song's lyrics back in 1909 that it referred to either a prison guard or the warden. It makes some points, but it doesn't register logically to me like the train does. So where did it start? There is a an all African American uh, label called OK Records, and if you want to look up whitewashing, OK OK E H, it's spelled. That's one of the first true African American uh, labels that just wouldn't play the whitewashing game. So the first one that is recorded, the first time it is actually recorded, is, is Pistol Pete's Midnight Special by Dave Pistol Pete Cutrell back in 1926. And I've got other ones for you, but let's play the original recording of it. Here's Pistol Pete's Midnight Special on Rock School. You wake up in the morning, hear the ding-dong ring. Go on marching to the table and have the same old thing. Let the midnight special shine a light on me. Let the midnight special shine an ever-loving light on me. Yonder comes my woman, how do you know? I can tell her by her apron 
and the dress she wore, umbrella on her shoulder, piece of paper in her hand. I'm marching down to the captain, he says I want my man, let the midnight special shine a light on me. Let the midnight special shine an ever-loving light on me. I never had the blues so in all my life before. Then when my baby left me at the jailhouse door, oh, she left me crying, the tears go down her face. Said, I'd rather see you dead, boy, than in this place. Let the midnight show shine her light on me. Let the midnight show shine her ever-loving light on me. Now, Mr. McKinney, the good man, but he's on our way now with the cowboy band. Let the midnight show shine her light on me. Let the midnight show Shine her ever-loving light on me. Now Otto Gray, he's a still water man, but he's manager now of our cowboy band. Let the midnight show shine her light on me. Let the midnight show shine her ever-loving light on me. When you go to the city, boys, you better have the kill. Or the law, they'll arrest you, and they'll put you in jail. The judge, he'll find you, they'll shake you down. If you haven't got the money, boys, you're jailhouse bound. Let the midnight show shine a light on me. Let the midnight show shine her ever-loving light on me. If you've got a good man, woman, you better keep him at home. For those city women won't leave him alone. They'll paint and powder, they sure look swell. And the first thing you know, woman, your man's gone to sing and let the midnight show shine a light on me. Let the midnight show shine an ever-loving light on me. Now, when you listen to that, it, it took a little bit, and then you heard that famous bum ba bum 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 But once it did it, when it was over, you even said to me, that's a train. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's it's not romantic. a warden. It's it not a warden. Yeah, it's romantic. As if you are in a prison, I would think that that train passing each night was the event of the season. Oh, you wait for it. Yeah, you would have to have it happen. Look, let me play just a few clips for you. In 1934, Huddy William Ledbetter, also known as Lead Belly, recorded a version, and this is where it gets kind of mixed up. A lot of people are of the opinion that the song was written by Lead Belly. And it wasn't. The reason it got this way, he recorded a version of the song at Angola Prison here in Louisiana. And by the way, you might have heard of the Angola 
prison rodeo. It is absolutely true, and we have been three times. Right. Absolutely true. Time to go again. John and Alan Lomax recorded it and mistakenly gave him the authorship. So here's just a clip of that one. If you listen to the entire song, there are some stanzas talking about a Houston jailbreak, and some people are of the opinion that was there from the beginning, but we just played the original recording, at least, and that wasn't in there as well. Harry Belafonte had a 1962 version of it, and what's wonderful about it, it is the first time Bob Dylan was recorded. He's playing the harmonica. Here's about 20 seconds of that. Well, I wake up in the morning Everything don't ring You go a-marching to the table You see the same old thing and then where a lot of people caught it who weren't music files. Do you remember the movie Cool Hand Luke? I do. Eat 50, 50 eggs. <laughs> what we have here is a failure to communicate. Harry Dean Stanton uses it as a work song. And it sounds like this. You wake up in the morning, hear the ding-dong ring. Go march to the table, see the same damn thing. Well, it's on the table, and I can fork in a pan. Say anything about it, you get in trouble with a man. Get in trouble with a man. Let the midnight special shine a light on me. Let the midnight special shine a ever-loving light on me. And then two years later, we had Creedence Clearwater Revival putting it on their Willie and the Poor Boys album. And I'm telling you, I, I was of the opinion this was the version that was put on to use for the theme of the show. But now right. it's, it's Johnny Rivers. And what I'm thinking is at the end of the show, mm -hmm. what I'll do is I'll play like 20 seconds of the CCR version and then straight into Johnny Rivers so you can hear the difference. Because once you hear them back to back... You know, you kind of, uh, it's like the Mandela effect. Of course it's CCR, and pff, it's not. Who's listening to us here on the Rock School radio show? Oh, that is WXZY Kane, PA. Brilliant. Back in a minute here on Rock School. Coming out of the break, 
this, I'm going to enter this into some of my classes. I talk a lot about advertising. As a matter of fact, this coming semester, I'm doing a whole class on the business of the media. Right. How does a radio station make money? How does a TV station? How does a podcast? Da, 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 da. Advertising. Do you remember the advertising that was barred in the 1970s, 71 to be exact. No. What what was it no. you weren't allowed to pitch? I, I don't know. Oh, Tobacco. I was going to say cigarettes. Yeah, yeah. cigarettes. Okay. You weren't allowed to do it. Well, here's the thing. We already talked about the fact that Burt Sugarman pitches the show to NBC to capitalize on Johnny Carson's large audience. He basically was a producer of game shows. Mm -hmm. So even then... What do you want to do this for? I mean, are you going to give away prizes? What are we doing here? Do you remember Mary Hart? Oh, yeah. Yeah, she was one of those, Entertainment Tonight or something like that. Yeah. There was, I don't know if this is true or not, but there was a statement she insured her legs. I did hear for that. For like a million dollars. Yes. Yeah, they were married. Really? And had children Get together. Out. Yes, yes, yes. NBC said no in 1972. There's a little back and forth with CBS, but it finally ends up again back on NBC. The thing is, Burt Sugarman called in a whole bunch of favors and got Chevrolet to act as a sponsor. Now, the thing is, okay, you got money. Let's right. go. Why would they do it? Here's the fun part and why I asked you about cigarettes. What happened was... Cigarettes, like beer, can you imagine if all beer advertisements were stopped? Right. What What would we watch I, during during sports events? Soda. Maybe. And, and cars. The thing is, so much revenue was lost. So what Sugarman did was pitch it both to CBS and NBC. And NBC, of course, finally picked the silly thing up. He said, you've lost so much money... From the 1971 act that got rid of, of cigarette smoking. By the way, it's called the Public Health Cigarette Smoking Act. I can refill that hole with, the, with Chevrolet. Woo! That's what sold them. Because of cigarettes, the midnight special <laughs> exists. I'm not sure it's quite that perfectly causal a line, but... Why eh. not? Let's play another one from the Midnight Special. Here's Cass Elliot, as in Mama Cass and John Denver, here on Roxville. Very eloquently. It's a song that I wrote that I'm letting John sing. <laughs> I couldn't have said that any better myself. I'll just walk over here until you want to. All right, let's see. Are you guys ready? Okay. All my bags are packed. Okay, coming into the bottom of the hour a little bit late because Cass Elliott and John Denver would not shut up. I'm Joe Burns. You are. Tammy Burns. Uh, we're talking about the fact that Chevrolet made up for cigarette money. 
The reason the show aired for the first time as a, a purchased show, obviously the August before, it was just a test, but as a set show, why did it start when it did? It's part of yet another seemingly perfect storm that all came together in order to get this show on the air. And right after we do seven days and 70 seconds, I will go out of my way to tell you what that is. Here be the dates, August 14th through August 20th. Tammy has Monday, go. August 14th, 1985, Michael Jackson wins the bid for the Beatles music catalog. August 15th, first presidential playlist is released by Barack Obama, Ain't Too Proud to Beg, is his number one song. August 16th, 1962, Pete Best is fired from the Beatles by manager Brian Epstein in a record shop. August 17th, 1977, it's the day after Elvis Presley's death. Thousands of fans converge on Memphis, and President Carter releases a statement, quote, Elvis Presley's death deprives our country of a part of itself. He was unique, and he was irreplaceable. August 18, 1969, Jimi Hendrix closes Woodstock on Monday morning. Contrary to popular belief, his first song was not the Star Spangled Banner, but rather, Hey Joe. August 19, 1972, the reason for this show, the Midnight Special debuts on NBC. At first, just a one-off, and then becomes a regular show. By the way, the first performance ever is Slippin' Into Darkness by War. August 20th, 1983, Taco's cover of Irving Berlin's Putting on the Ritz. Do you remember that? It was so overproduced, it sounded like the guy was singing through like a little tiny, cheap microphone. Putting on the Ritz. Reached nine on the Hot 100, making the author, Irving Berlin, the oldest living songwriter to land one in the top ten. How about that? Okay, so why August 19th, 1972? Very specific reason. Because the 26th Amendment passed in July 1971. It meant they could get money from advertisers. Do you know what the 26th Amendment did? No, I don't. It lowered the voting age from 21 to 18. Ooh, I should know that. So what they could do mm -hmm. is sell advertising, telling kids, hey, you're 18. Ooh. Go vote. And by the way, the first guests were Andy Kaufman, Argent. Argent, do you remember Argent's big hit? Hold your head up. Whoa, hold your head up. John Denver. Uh, Cass Elliott was there, too. By the way, what I just played was from the first one. And Harry Chapin came and sang Taxi, which goes on for, I think, a day and a half. <laughs> I know your favorite band is Journey, and so here we go. This is Journey from the Midnight Special. Open my eyes to a new kind of way All the good times that you say Are you feeling You're feeling that way too
Coming into the second break, here's some basic trivia from the Midnight Special. In September of 1980, The Tonight Show shortened its run from 90 minutes to 60 minutes. I think we said that earlier uh, in the show. So The Midnight Special extended its run starting at 12.30 Eastern. I mean, it, it proved that people will watch late night television. Right. It's one of the things that bothers me about streaming. Uh-huh. You can blow out an entire season yeah. in a Saturday if you have nothing else to do. And we've done it. Oh, my gosh, we've, yes. we've blown through entire four, six-part documentaries. Mm-hmm. The thing about the Midnight Special and the way it was created was that you would know who's coming. And then you'd sit and you'd watch it. Anticipation. And right. And then Monday, two days later at school, you're like, man, did you see Argent? Right. On that. There was something wonderful about that. The downside was if you missed a show, you might be able to catch it in a summer rerun. But other than that, there were no DVDs or anything like that. No, no, no. ELO played the Midnight Special more than any other band. I would. You could have given me a thousand choices. I'd have never picked ELO. Uh, let's see here. The show presented the 1980 Floor Show, which was the last performance of David Bowie as Ziggy Stardust. Broadcast November 16, 1973, and was taped. And it was on one of those DVDs. Also, the show was taped in front of a live studio audience at NBC Studios in Burbank, California, although they would use recorded concert footage occasionally. And that, I can I can understand doing that. Mm-hmm. We're having trouble filling the show, and some band that's on tour, right? you know, hey, can you guys just record that tonight? And, yeah. Yep. These bands are on the... The hamster wheel. You know, sure, we'll do that for you. So, who's listening to us? That would be KSRQ, Thief River Falls, Minnesota. Now, look, they used to, I said that uh, Andy Kaufman Uh was on the first show. More times than not, they would have a comedian come on. I'm assuming what they thought was comedians, if they made it, to Johnny Carson, yeah, they had, in air quotes, made it. And if Carson invited you over and you got to sit next to him, you were exalted and could make a living at this. What I assumed they did was decide instead of Buddy Hackett type stuff that was on The Tonight Show, they would get these new crazy comedians. Andy Kaufman, it's it's weird. Mm-hmm. You've probably heard his real famous uh, Mighty Mouse. Yes. He just stands like a statue and then <laughs> sings, Here I Come to Save the Day. Oh. It shouldn't be funny, it but is. It's, it's hilarious. Yep. George Carlin used to be a button-down comedian, and then he would go on Saturday Night Live and such. He grew his hair out. I figured, let me just play 30 seconds or so of George Carlin into the break. So for the affiliates out there... A little bit of Carlin, straight into the break here on Rock School. Then I think we can make our language easier. Certain words we don't have we could use like near-fetched. Hey, we got far-fetched. Why not near-fetched? It means something very obvious. Hey, that's very near-fetched, Bill. (laughs) Yeah, that's like uh, worth-least. We got worth-less. But less only means comparatively. Just less. Worth-least. That's something. How about cheese fondant for people who don't like cheese fondue? 
or cheese fun can't make up my mind. How about chalant? We have nonchalant. So the concept of chalance exists. Chalance is very hyper. <laughs> it's very chalant, isn't it? Yeah. Don't know what he's into. You were asking during the break about commercials and how much commercial they would actually show. There was, from the FCC, uh, some limitations on children's commercials. But in the 1970s, I don't think, I mean, if you wanted to, you could run 20 minutes of commercials every so often in the morning. You ever noticed on your morning show? Probably not the national, but your local morning show. Every so often, there'll be a, a commercial break. That's like 15 commercials Feels long. Feels that, yeah. yeah they're, mm-hmm. they're making up. Okay. They're making up. They've missed a commercial back then, or they missed a break. Because right. Of something. So they're making up. And the commercials come on and, and go on and on and on. But nor- normally in national, that doesn't happen. I don't know that there was back then, but on the same aspect, it's, it's one of those things like, well, welcome to commerce. I mean, if you want to charge $400 for a hammer, right? you can. Just nobody is going to pay it. Well, the the only reason I was thinking about the commercial break is because that's how much time I had to get up, go to the restroom, and get back in front of the TV. <laughs> there was no time. Yeah. I, I Okay, I'll tell it. Hey, give me a snack also while you're at the, right. at the fridge because I can't a, move. Get me a yogurt. Uh, in radio, it's all rotations of music, and there used to be what were known as S-word songs. You know what I'm saying? S-word songs. What were they? Every disc jockey that I knew had it timed how long it took them to go number one. You could usually do it in a minute to a minute and a half. I'm not a woman, so I, you know, I'm sure it was longer for you guys. But minute to a minute and a half. The problem was, if you had to go number two... You couldn't just play a three-minute song, get out and get back. So we had a rotation called S-Word Songs. And these were songs that were all six, seven minutes long. Now, don't get me wrong. You still had to hustle. You couldn't bring the Sunday newspaper in there with you. You still had to hustle. But if you listening to a show, da-da-da-da-da, and then all of a sudden, MacArthur's Park comes on and plays for seven minutes. I, I know for a fact that disc jockey was going in there. Look, in terms of breaks, I programmed for 10, 12 years. Usually it's three to three and a half minutes. Right. If you can avoid doing it, you would. The concern is that at three minutes, you can have three one-minute commercials or you can have six 30-second commercials, blatantly. Here's the problem. Six 30-second commercials, although it's exactly the same as three one-minuters, seems dramatically longer mm. than the other one. It's really? like, which which weighs more, a pound of lead or a pound of feathers? <laughs> they both weigh a pound. It's just one is dramatically larger. So there you go. Hey, look, I have waxed poetic about commercials enough. I got to play something for you. How about a bad, bad Leroy Brown, Jim Croce from Midnight Special here in Rock School. Chicago. 
Coming into the last break, we talked about the fact that Bert Sugarman basically proved that, yes, people might even be a whole new audience, but people would hang around for something that started at 1230 at night. Mm -hmm. They would hang around. Now, that's Eastern time. We're here in Central time, which, by the way, is the correct time. <laughs> if you live in the East oh. and you come to the, the Central, you the Alabama, Louisiana, yeah. all the, oh, yeah. oh, it's so wonderful. You have a lot of time. You really, it seems like things are, you know, okay, I've watched all the TV for the night. I can be in bed by nine. Yay. Of course, that means you're old as well. But here was the thing. Nobody believed that anyone would watch all that late night TV. So they'd run crappy movies that they could get for next to nothing. Right. Once the Midnight Special comes out, all these other ones start coming. And if you want to really impress, once again, your friends and neighbors, do you remember Tom Snyder? I do. What they did was the Midnight Special followed NBC's The Tonight Show on Friday. Yeah. Well, what are you going to do Monday through Thursday? Because yeah. blatantly there's an audience. They put on Tom Snyder for an hour. And people watched it. Yeah, they it. did. And people watched it. Oh, yeah. You you will always get people to come and catch something if it's good programming. Mm -hmm. That's the thing. If they'd have put on Gregarian Chance, no one would have watched it. But it was good, good stuff. Let me see here. Here's a couple more pieces of basic trivia. The series was canceled by NBC at the request of Dick Ebersole. Think... ABC's Wide World of Sports uh -huh. as part of their deal for him to take over Saturday Night Live. He saw it as competition. Yeah. It's on a different night. I know. Why? What? Wah. Because there's no time for NBC to develop a new show from scratch in light of it being canceled, what they did is they brought in SCTV. Do you remember that? I do. Canada's sketch comedy yeah. series. Not as funny. Here. Yeah, I don't know what it was. And the thing is, it was filled with very funny people. Right. But I remember it was just always kind of, hmm, okay, that's humorous. Remember Fridays? I do. They tried to do a Saturday Night Live on Friday. Uh -huh. Once again, really, Kramer was on it. Uh -huh. Really funny people, but it was always a little, hmm. The one I really liked was the man who said, hmm, between every word. Hi, you, I, I, the guy would do it at breakneck speed and you'd just sit there amazed on it. Uh, in turn, Ebersol would be, you know, chided. What are you doing? Nobody's watching. So what he did was create Friday night videos in 1983. Uh -huh. So that's what he did. Okay. I said earlier in the show, what we're going to do is we're going to play, I don't know, 20 seconds or so of the CCR, and then we'll go right into the Johnny Rivers, which was actually the theme of the Midnight Special. Part of me wishes I had those DVDs back. Oh, But there's one problem. What? We don't own a DVD player. That's a problem. I don't even have a DVD or CD player in the side of my laptop computer. Guess what? What? I don't miss them at all. Don't you really? No. Well, I don't know. I, things were better when it's, I was young. It's and not that's romantic or it. great. Ah, uh, well, that does it. I'm Joe Burns. You are? Tammy Burns. We'll do some midnight special here for you on Rock School. Class is dismissed. <laughs> in the morning You hear the work bell ring And I march you to the table 
You see the same old thing Ain't no food upon a table There's no fog up in the pan But you better not complain, boy You get up in the morning, you hear the ding-dong ring Now you look up on the table, you see the same darn thing You find no food up on the table, no fork up in the pan But if you say a thing about it, you be in trouble with the man I left a midnight special Shine a light on me Oh, let the midnight special Shine its ever-loving light on me